What's up, folks? This is Tony Brew and Aaron Dotson, and you'll notice we have a special guest with us today. His name is Preston Silcox. We'll have him introduce himself in a moment. Before we get started in the show, we want to draw your attention. First Chronicles 1232. Follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. We are streaming on there. And we've picked up, we've got like 17 or 19 followers now. Like we're Twitter famous, Aaron. Yes. Like there's like, I mean, I mean, Preston, do you have 19 followers on Twitter? I might have one. See, we're, we're, we're like it. 18 times better than you <laughs> on the Twitter verse or the X verse, however you want to say it. So that's it right. awesome. Get it right. But, uh, but anyway, no, listen, I, I want to start out with some thanks. I've been talking to Aaron. I, I want to let you know, um, I couldn't remember the name of the, of the subscription service, but it's Opus and, uh, we've recently added some new, uh, subscribers on YouTube We've added some new followers on Twitter. We've actually added some new followers on Substack, I think, because of using Opus, I'm able to take our videos, plop them in there. They get cut up, and and I'm able to use those shorts and all that good stuff. It's really easy. It's really kind of fun, if you ask me, but it does cost money. And for those of you that support us monetarily, you've allowed us to do that. Um, also, um, I had a boom. My boom broke. Uh, had had to be replaced. For those of you that support us, thank you so much. I was able to do that and not have to worry about it. Today, uh, we have Preston Silcox with us. We're going to be talking about uh, planting gospel seed, the Avalon Church story. He is from the Church of Christ at Avalon. That was a church plant, and I can't wait to talk to him about it. We typically try to go an hour. Aaron Dotson and myself will go an hour and a half to two hours, <laughs> Preston, you, we're not going to kick you out. So no, I'll gladly need, leave. Okay. When, when you, when you, when you get ready to leave, you leave, but at least stick around long enough to get, get us, get us your story. Will do. All right. Hello, Barry O'Dell, Mammoth Spring Church of Christ. Barry. Hey, Preston, it's been a while. Hoping your family are well. Preston, can you see the comments? I can. Are they okay, the, the good same deal. in both of the, I guess, yeah, I can see. Good deal. And equipping expositors ministry, getting some snow today in Missouri. Good to see you, John Exum. Terry Crooks, good morning. I cannot believe there's already 13 people in. That just blows my mind. And what blows my mind even more is the uh, YouTube people, the, the live streamers on YouTube. Continue doing that. Remember, the best thing you can do to support Christianity Now brand, like, subscribe, share, that lets the algorithm know that we have engaging content and they will put our content in front of people who have similar interests like as yourself. Robert Leedy, hello to you. It's not, it's, it's not as fun a live stream unless we see you in it, Robert Leedy. All right. Aaron Dotson, how you been, man? I'm good, brother, man. I'm excited about the show today. And uh, Oh, what about that new mic you got, man? Hey, did you notice that? Something's hanging yeah. hanging from the ceiling today. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, man. I'm That's fixed it. up. Some, some, some old guy up in the Great White North sent me something. I didn't know. Didn't even put Guaranteed. a return address on it. Just sent it down here and said, don't ask questions. So That's it. That's I it. set it up. Yes. <laughs> so you got your mic. And we got, yeah, we're we're, we're going to be ready. It won't be long. We'll be set up to have in-house in guests at your house. Yeah, man. So we've got that set up. All right. Now, folks, are you ready? Preston Silcox from the Avalon. What, what 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 would you say? Is it the Avalon Church of Christ or the Church of Christ at Avalon, or do you even care? Um, <clears throat> I don't really care. 
<laughs> but it but it Amen. does bring up a good but it does bring up a good point. We actually I'll tell you the story of how we how we ended up planting. Um, but what we called ourselves, we intentionally had a conversation regarding to spend a couple of weeks just okay. stressing the fact that guess what? You know, there are several things by which we could we could describe ourselves in the New Testament. And we I mean we landed on this. We're we're typically we've got a sign on the front of the building, it's the Church of Christ at Avalon. But um, call us what you will, just as long as it's biblical. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Well, Preston, if you would, give us a little bit about, and of course, I've got a sheet here with some questions. Aaron, be sure and jump in. For those of you in the chat, if you've got questions or something like that, be sure and put them in, and we'll get to them. We're not going to be like really cookie cutter and rigid, but I do have some questions to move this along. So under background and motivation, First off, tell us a little bit about you. I know that I met you first back in 1998. I'm going back. At, and, and you weren't associated with the Martin Church of Christ Student Center. In fact, you and Barry O'Dell withstood a false teacher to his face. <laughs> I, 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 we won't, we'll, we'll save that for another podcast. But I don't know. I might want to hear this story now. <laughs> well, I, I can't remember the guy's name, okay. but... Tell me what I did. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I need to talk. I would have to, I would have to tell you this story, and you would have to be reminded of it, yeah. and that way we could both fill in the blanks. That'd because be if great. I say okay, anything we'll now, I'd, I'd yep. get it wrong. Yep. And, and, and <clears> I, I, like I certainly don't want to. Yeah. It, well, it's been a minute. We slept since then. <laughs> right. Um, but so nineteen ninety-eight. <clears throat> where were you? Oh man. Uh, I was working for 84 Lumber. I was uh, I, I was I was just dabbling my feet into the shallow end of being a heathen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was not going a direct. I was probably where I needed to be, but I was walking along a direction I didn't need to go. Headed towards Sodom, huh? And yeah, <laughs> and 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 sadly, I didn't stick around the good people that God put in my life <laughs> to keep me from doing something stupid. Yeah. But anyway, it all worked out and here we are. Uh, but I, I was that. living in Northwest Tennessee and I grew up in Obine County, obviously. So Martin was yeah. just a hop, skip and a jump. And I was right. actually hanging around at student center looking for Christian girls to date. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I did find one and I married her. Well, congratulations. We just went around the bush. In fact, Barry, Barry Odell, uh, did the wedding ceremony back in yep, 1999. I remember, I remember. I remember the connections. I didn't know that they went back that far. That's great. I remember that you were you remember where Barry preached, right? Yeah, Mount Zion Church of Christ. Mount Zion. Yep. Yep. But the sad thing is, see, that was back whenever I was trying to be a heathen, and I never did attend really while he was there. It could have been so good, and I mean, well, for me, I mean, he probably would have got tired of me. But anyway, we're getting well, nostalgic, man. This is your show know, and sorry, your interview. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm originally from Pensacola, Florida, which is which is right across the bay from Milton. Um, uh, originally from that area, this area. Uh, went to the Memphis School of Preaching in 1993. Graduated in 95. Started preaching in in Martin, Tennessee, at the Bethel Congregation in 95. Uh, preached there for 
five years, moved to Muskogee, Oklahoma, preached there for six years, then moved back here to Milton and began preaching for the Margaret Street Church of Christ. And um, what I learned a few years into, into that work at Margaret Street is that right before I got there, either in 2004 or in 2005, there was a, a men's be- a men's a men's meeting. I think actually it was like a weekend retreat type thing for the men. And they kind of planned out, I think, um, some goals for the next five to 10 years or something like that. Again, this is a year or two before I got there. Um, and one of those goals was planting a church in the area because we've, uh, the county was growing. Um, it was a bedroom community basically of Pensacola. There's an area called Pace outside of Milton right down the road from us. And so I think the, the plan at that point was to plant a church in Pace. Um, but again, I, was, I came on board in 2006 and didn't learn about any of this until about five or six years in when it was time to do the, to do the job. I, I did hear a little bit about the church plant idea, but there was a whole agenda that had, had been cooked up and, and put in a document form. And I was at a meeting, again, four or five years into being at, at Margaret Street, and this document's brought up and dusted off. And I'm like, wait a minute, what was the plan? So it, it had been in the mind of, and, and one of the reasons why I stress this is because a lot of times when new congregations start, they start as a result of a church split. And and we have emphasized again and again when we begin to tell our story, <laughs> this is not a church split. This was all intentional, so intentional uh, that it was planned before I was ever even a part of it. And um, and so anyway, it, w- it was kind of still cooking. There were a couple of obstacles that came up um, that put the plan off. Um, at some point, we began a class just to kind of reignite the fire, and um, we used a book entitled Planting Missional Churches by Ed Stetcher. Um, and and I think really the reason that we use the book is because the church has not produced anything, and maybe by now it, the church has produced some material, but um, it was just kind of a, a go-to um, pattern for us or whatever, so it gave us some some talking points and some planning ideas. Um, and so that was a class that took place. And then some more time passed and, and other things happened like they do, you know, and, uh, but it was still kind of, I guess, cooking, you know, under the surface a little bit. Uh, this was probably 2010 or so I'm thinking. Um, so we've had classes, and then finally, it got to the point where, okay, so so in the midst of this, I, I spoke to um, Troy, texted Troy Spradlin. Troy Spradlin is now the preacher at Margaret Street, but I have to back up a little bit. Um, in 2009, September of 2009, Troy came on board with Margaret Street to be our missionary. Um, let, me, let me stop here for just a minute and say that... Um, one of my fellow elders uh, was the missions deacon at Margaret Street this whole time. And and so he's the person that really kept this alive and kept this thing going. I think that he did all the research ahead of time. This is, if, if anybody gets the credit, Ed Temple gets the credit. Um, but uh, 
basically what ended up happening, Ed, was also over missions in general, not just the, the church plant idea, but over, over missions. And the idea was rather than just throwing our money at, you know, 15 or 20 different missionaries that we'll never meet, you know, maybe we'll get newsletters from or emails from, rather than doing that, we're going to find a missionary. Um, we're going to um, have them be a part of Margaret Street. So Troy moved to Milton in September of 2009 and then moved to Paraguay in February 2010. So spent five or six months at Margaret Street so he could build a relationship with the congregation. What so a that way, you know, when, yeah, <laughs> great. So that way, when we are engaged in a mission work, everybody knows, you know, we, we've, yeah. we've, we've built a relationship with Troy and this, Andrea. This is the guy. This is the guy. Yeah. And so You've that relationship, absolutely. And so that relationship was built. Uh, they go off to Paraguay. We continue to send teams and work, you know, along with them. <clears throat> um, Troy is originally from Texas, uh, but he and Andrea met while he was living in Florida, South Florida, whatever. Okay. Uh, they loved the area. And so their idea was hopefully when, whenever they got done with their mission work to come back to this area and work. Well, it turned out that about the same time they were ready to come home, we were ready to plant. Awesome. And and so the elders, this is this is a really neat thing, too. Everybody involved in the church plant, from the preachers, elders, member, deacons, members, um, as far as those that were at Margaret Street, it was a total self-selection process. The elders said, whoever wants to be a part of this, you have our blessing. Whoever wants to stay, whoever wants to go, you have our blessing. So you have, it's, <clears throat> you know, nobody's being kicked out. Right. Uh, nobody's being encouraged to go. And the same thing happened even with, with Troy and me. The elder said, listen, you guys work it out. Preston, you've been the preacher here. We know you're faithful. You're, if you want to stay, stay. If you'd rather go, if Troy would rather, if he would rather go with Avalon. So basically, they just put it in our hands and said, make up your minds. Yeah, that's <clears> amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's so, I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand why... <laughs> Every congregation of the Lord's Church with enough members and enough finances would not do this. Yeah. And yeah, it, makes, it may it be that sense. if they're not doing it, they are not living up to God's plan. Yeah. Um, I, I'm telling you. Know, you know, I mean, it's easy, it's easy to get in, in a routine in the way that we always do things. Yes. You know, and, and I think that our, the way that we've approached foreign missions has been pretty typical of. You know, listen, I'm, I'm not one that's going to advocate doctrinal change at all, but right. I think that we need to be aware that, you know, culture changes around us and that we and we involve ourselves in different cultures, especially on the mission field. And this is what, one of the things that we noted um, at Margaret Street. <clears throat> we were doing also uh, short term mission trips to Panama mm -hmm. and and whether we were going to Paraguay on a short term mission trip to, to be with Troy or whether we were going to Panama, there were a number of occasions when we got back, we realized that we told those people there that they needed to be doing, you know, A, B, and C. Right. To evangelize, to grow the church. Yeah. And then we get back home and we're like, wait a minute, we're not doing A, B, and C. Mm. <laughs> you know, and so because we do, we just get into these routines or whatever. And so a part of our mindset at Avalon um, has been, listen, we, we, we're on mission. We don't have yeah. to be, you know, we don't have to be in another country to be on yeah. mission. 
we're, we're, we're on mission. And I think that that's true of every congregation, whether it's a church plant or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think the mindset that we need to have. And so that's good. That's kind of been helpful. So we ended up having the class with, um, with Stetcher's material, um, along the way. Also, I will say this, that, um, a couple of the elders at Margaret street and, um, I think a deacon or two, I wasn't able to go, but they visited a congregation somewhere in Missouri that had planted churches mm-hmm. and basically just went and took notes yep. um, and got, and got some ideas. And so Again, you know, we're, another we're, novel that's, idea. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So we're by no means experts in this. Now I'm looking at the questions that you sent or whatever. And, and, and to some of these, I'm just going to respond. I don't know. You know, I mean, because we're kind of we've read books, <laughs> we got I, ideas I'm, maybe from a podcast or two, yeah. and 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 we jumped in. Well, the, the, so that, that's really where the where the show is, I think. Then, and in, in the I don't know, like that's awesome <laughs> because you know that that's that that's what keeps people from doing what they want to do is the 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 shroud of ignorance. Yeah, and. You know, I mean, we, we talked last night in preparation for this to make sure that we could do the restreaming stuff. We talked about how far, like I started live streaming in 2016. I, I literally had no microphone or no nothing. I just hit the button and I talked into my computer. Yeah, It was terrible. I was un, I looked worse now, worse then than I do now. I didn't realize I say, man, anything. It's not great now, man, but that's okay. No, it's terrible now. I mean, I've, I've got a, well, I mean, I've got a face for radio and a voice for a newspaper, but I didn't, again, I didn't know how to, I remember, um, uh, 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 uh brother asked me, how are you getting all of the views and this, that, and the other? And like, I don't know. I mean, just do it. You just do it. Yeah. Jump in. Yeah. And I mean, it was it's terrible sound, terrible blocking, terrible lighting, terrible everything, but I would, people like the content. Preston, what would you say was some of y'all's main motivations or your personal motivation to to do exactly what you've done with Avalon? Is that, am yep. I saying that correctly? Yeah. 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 Man, um, I think one of the, one of the main motive, and, and this was also one of the biggest challenges as well, convincing people of this. But the main motivation is was seeing what would happen. All right. So if if you've got a, a group of people launching out, and let me say this too, that the way that we've done this church plant is not this there is I don't think that there is a definite pattern on how to do this, but it's not like we're gonna send a husband and wife team out and then they're gonna have to go and convert the community in, in order for the church to grow. You're sending out a group of people. <clears throat> in fact, Troy, if I'm not mistaken, I think said one time, um, I knew it was going to be a church plant. I didn't know it was going to be a, ch- a church transplant because because we had a significant group go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the rationale behind it, first of all, that's that's who volunteered that group, and and we knew at the same time who do you, who do you think would volunteer to do such a thing? Uh, the the typical eighty percent or the twenty percent? You know the the eighty twenty rule. Yeah. Well, it was it was the twenty percent. Those those yeah. that are are always active, always engaged. That's that's the pool that that we got from, you know, so yeah. that also means that you're sending out all the people that are doing the work and yeah. you're you're sending them out and you're leaving holes at Margaret Street. Um, but we were confident because Margaret Street was probably two between 240 and 260. I think we were kind of averaging and we knew that there were plenty of people, plenty of men 
um, and women as far as, yeah, that would step up and women in classes and things like that, that would step up and fill the gaps. And so actually what had taken place, I think by not doing this earlier, you just had people sitting and being stagnant. Yeah. Whereas now you, you, you rip them out and, and they're going to have to, they're going to have to rise to the occasion. So, so that means that Margaret street grows. And at the same time, you, you're sending out a group, even though they're active and they're faithful, man, it's sink or swim. Yeah, In yeah. order to survive, we're going to have to work. I like that. Yeah. And so you've got two groups then. Um, it's, it's almost multiplication by division, that idea. It, it's you're growing by dividing. And, and again, when I say dividing, I don't mean splitting yeah. over problems. Obviously, this was all intentional. But yeah. um, How many was in that group? Motivation. Man, I knew you were going to ask that question, but I didn't. I didn't know it until it was too late. What ah. I did, I, I counted up our current family units. We, we've kind of been keeping track in that way, um, rather than how how many specific. Because do we one advantage and disadvantage is we we've got a lot of we got a lot of people for a small congregation. Mm-hmm. We had I think seventy something Sunday morning. Which was okay. which was pretty good. We've that's got a awesome. seating capacity now of 144. I think that that's what it is. Um, but a lot of those are ki- are kids. Yeah. So, you well, know, really good. But is but, that yeah. really indicative of your numbers? Right. Right. And so, kind of look at at family units. And right now we have we have what we would consider about 25 family units. You know, some of those families have several kids. Some that's of those amazing. units are just one person. Yeah. Yeah. But it's about 25 units. And out of those, let's say I wrote it down, um, six of those would be, and, and units would include conversion. So there was one family that just came not long ago, and I'm not going to take the credit for, for all the work that, that went into this family. We just happened to inherit them at the right time. Um, the mom, the dad, and one of the daughters were all baptized. So that's three, you know, one yeah. family unit, but that's three people. And some other kids in that family. So, um, and we've lost people along the way. Won't deny that. Um, it, that happens. Oh yeah, yeah. Under Especially you preach good truth. and bad circumstances. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, this is we knew early on um, that that some were not going to hang around mm-hmm. um, just because of the nature of what we were doing. Um, we knew that you know maybe not every family member was on board. And and we're you know we we could pretty much see on the horizon okay they 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 might not last long and and it was true and it's been true of a few people. Um, now that we're in the building, I think that some of those things will be a little bit easier because that one of our biggest challenges, I think, after planting was not having the continuity of a building. But that's yes. okay. Well, it, it is okay. okay. And yeah. what w- what we're trying to do up here in Riverview. We have to have a building. If we convert one person, if we convert a man and he brings his wife and two children, we are now at capacity. We're no, no, no. We're at capacity now. A, a man being converted and bringing his wife and two children, we have zero seats. We're going to have babies sitting wow. in laps. Wow. We had 50 in attendance uh, Christmas Eve, and, and that was an anomaly. That was because of people in town visiting. But that's good, though. We, 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 and, and Christian counted it at 50. I say it's more than 50 because we had 42 seats. We had 10 people upstairs. 
and we had babies on laps and all the seats were full. Yeah. And, wow, and our average attendance is the mid thirties. We only have 42 seats. We've got 35 in attendance, uh, 32 to 35 in attendance on a regular basis. We only have 40. We've got 10 more seats than our average. Wow. So attendance. what's your plan? What's your plan? Well, that the, the through 2024, we've got support raised from the states. Um, Labeth is working. Once I get permanent residence, I'm going to work, and I guess I'm going to build a building. Amen. I'm going to work for Home Depot, work for free for the church, with the exception of them paying rent. And I'm going to I'm going to build a building out of my pocket. God bless you, man. If That's I have correct. to, I mean, I don't think yeah. I'll have to. I think it'll keep going up, but. As, as far as rental properties and things like that, what have you looked storefront oh, or anything like that? So the this property is has been owned by the church since the nineteen seventies. No, night. Sorry, nineteen nineties. My bad. Fact check everything. If I'm talking <laughs> off the top of my head, I'm not lying. I'm just wrong. Anyway, um, that property's been owned since the nineties. I think that the the. The house that we're in been remodeled and stuff like that. It served as perfect, wonderful, and everything like that. Yeah. But it's got a lot out back. Because of the property itself, it's it's we we really can't move like there there's with with the with the real estate market and stuff the way it is, yep. we can't go buy something. So, I mean, but, you own what you have you own. I mean the church yes. owns? Oh yes. dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't need to go anywhere else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we well, can, I, and I just got, we, we ended up with property um, early on. The church sent. I will say, Margaret Street sent us out with enough to pay my salary for a year. So that was that was a blessing. Um, but the contribution took care of that anyway. So we we had a yeah. lump sum of money that we used to buy the lot that we're on now. Yeah, that's um, cool. but we still put off the building. Um, this was even before COVID. And and the intention was because we wanted to build the culture of evangelism, of being of being a mission, and you yeah. know no permanent residence, um, and that was another challenge. In fact, um, we spent a lot of times, and we still do. I'll tell you a little bit more about it in a minute. But we spent a lot of times in homes. So I kind of joke around a little bit, but but I say this that there are a lot of houses that have been a lot of miles have been put on a lot of houses at Avalon. Mm-hmm. Oh, a good. lot of foot traffic. Um, and so you're talking, uh, there's personal sacrifice that people are making when it comes to that. Um, yeah. But it but it has taken its toll. Like I said, you know, good and bad. Um, yeah. But I think more, I think the good far outweighs the the bad or the challenges. It's, it, we've grown closer together. The, the, the bad thing, and I'm, and I'm not anti-building, again, I'm sitting in a new one. Absolutely. But one of the bad things about a building is that you can... You can do all of your Christianity in it. You, you can you get know. lost in the building. Yeah, right. And that works and, more. That that yeah. means both of those things. Yeah, all yep. those challenges and solutions. What do you see as some simple things that uh, you're trying to practice yourself and implement in the congregation where you, you you really enjoyed being in people's homes? There was no doubt a lot of intimacy. And then as yep. newer members come in, they're not experiencing that same thing because now the congregation's at a different stage. Yep. What, what do you What do you think? Like, what are some things you try? Well, to here's what, here, here's where I get marked and withdrawn from. <clears throat> um, Sunday nights we do small groups. 
but, but let me let me let me define what we mean by that. <laughs> we don't we don't do you know we don't. It's not worship for us. We don't have communion. There's no divided assembly or whatever. This is just like like on Tuesday night. Guess what? I'm going to have a Bible in somebody's somebody's house. It it, yep. it baffles me why we can't do that on Sunday night. But anyway, well, we we yeah because the Bible says no. Oh, <laughs> have you not read? <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> okay, well then I can't remind help you. <laughs> me about it. Um, so we won't even we have, tell you the verse. You'll just have to find it. <laughs> there, there, I'm for it. I'm, uh, I'm I'm waiting. Just let me know. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> That's all right. So anyway, we we divided the congregation. We just now we've changed it up this year. We've divided it into two groups. So we had three groups. Um, have we have three elders? So we would have you know an elder in each of the groups. Either an elder or a deacon would be over the group. Um, and, and what that did again, that forces us into each other's homes. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is going to host, but you know, if we can rotate the hosting around as much as possible and, and, and that's, I think that that's, we stated from the beginning after we experienced the growth that we, that we did with each other, you know, the relationships that we, uh, that we grew with small groups as being without a church home, we decided early on we're not gonna we're not gonna go back to just a Sunday night at the building, um, at least not not on a permanent basis. Anyway, we we do have a couple of Sunday nights where we'll come together, you know, as a group and we'll get things done. But we'll we'll do work whatever whatever we need to do. We've got some yeah. plans for this year as well. But anyway, that's that's one of the ways that we keep that going. We don't want to yeah. get lost in the building. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that we do is that we we stress the importance of having in home Bible studies. Yeah. And um, we have, um, there's one family, they open their home at least once a week. You know, I can go in and have a Bible study. And, and talk, talk, um, talk to me, if you would, about that. Mm-hmm. Define, I, I know what the English words mean, okay, Bible study. But talk, talk me through, give me two minutes of a definition. Like, what do you mean Bible study? Okay, well, it depends on where we are and who I'm, okay. who I'm talking to. So if it's... Okay. Uh, for example, the one that I mentioned, um, basically it would be an every Tuesday morning Bible class that we've have that we've had. Um, it's at a couple's house. Uh, the wife is a member. Her mom is a member, and and they're new converts, by the way. Okay. And so we continued, you know, have wanting to Bible have Bible studies with them, and so she opened up her home, and then she invited a friend of hers, who ultimately we converted her. So it it depends on where we are. Are we, you know, are is it just Christians? Or are we needing to get down to some fundamentals and get get those things? So it depends on what the subject is or what the okay. what the audience where they are. Mm-hmm. But then other ones that we have, um, I'd, I'd say the way that we've done this probably for the past well, off and on for the past several years, we'll we'll have members who have friends that are interested in Bible studies, mm-hmm. and then we will kind of build a Bible study around things that they might be interested in. Okay. Ultimately, with the goal of having, I do like a timeline Bible study, ultimately, that leads, as far as new, or as far as evangelism is concerned, I just, I don't, I've kind of morphed, you know how that is. You guys, I don't know how you conduct Bible studies, but I have my own material that I've kind of drawn out and I use. Ultimately, I want to get to that. But, you know, we'll have a group yeah. Bible study as well, where we've got three or four families that are not members of the church. They're just connected with members of the church. They're comfortable with going to their, their, the houses of their friends more than they would be comfortable yeah. coming to a church building. Um, and, and we're talking discussion. Like, you, you're, not, you're not standing up at a lectern teaching. 
Man, it's it's almost like what we're doing right here. I mean, but yeah. that's my style of teaching too. I I, yeah, I don't no, lecture. You I'm know, I'll, you. it'll be whatever the topic is, and then we'll. I might have a worksheet or whatever that we'll go through. But basically, it's it's going to be discussion back and forth because I have to. You you have to. In, you have to gauge where the audience is, especially under evangelism circumstances, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we limit our teaching and preaching to just like you know these homilies. Aren't we weakening ourselves, limiting ourselves greatly? Yeah. I, I feel like I've seen well, quite a bit of that around the church, uh, growing up around the church. And we're limiting how we can gauge where people are. And if we're yeah. really preaching pattern theology, when I look at the New Testament, one of the threads woven into the pattern is teaching from house to house. I yep. mean, just... And you can't tell me that whenever Paul preached till midnight, he was standing at a lectern and everybody was sitting listening. Oh, I, man. Can you imagine? No wonder Eutychus fell out sleepy. Exactly. <laughs> no, but yeah, I've seen this, man. Going, uh, I won't mention exactly where, but going to a foreign country and, and one, of the, one of the local preachers, and I think that maybe we've, we have probably taken our culture to the, to the mission field and somewhere this guy learned probably from an American that this is what you do in Bible studies. You sit in front of the fa- or you stand in front of the family and you preach at them for an hour. Yeah. I kid you not that that's what that's what we endured. It was like 90 degrees humidity. And yeah. and this guy's just lecturing to this family literally, literally for an hour. I'm like, and if anybody enjoys anything about it, they're not spiritual. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just right. don't love Jesus. you know. Right. But. Very good comments in the comment section. Thank you so much, uh, uh, David, John, the Sword and Pearl. Good to see you, Rusty Kirby. Um, and I'm, I'm missing some, I'm sure. David Stafford jumped in. David was excited for the show. He even put a comment yesterday. So uh, for time's sake, we're not. We'd be here nine hours if we got all the comments. If you have a question, which which John John Exum asked about, if you's anywhere close to Dan Cates. But um, or, but yeah, uh, Andy, 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 I did I that. Oh, I'm point. sorry, yep. Andy yep. Cates. Yep, not far. And I hate this. We don't get together. Even when Barry lived right down the road, we never got together. We'd see each other at the lectureship in Memphis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, that's uh, hey, Scott Beck does have a good one here. Um, sorry, I missed the beginning. Question: Are the plants decided geographically? So whenever y'all decided. Because you've already talked about your background and motivation, we've even covered a little bit about some challenges. But but let's let's talk to this question. Once you answer this question, I want to get back to the list here. Um, did y'all decide right. like, what, what made you decide to go to the, where the location of Avalon is? Okay, so initially, great. Yeah, that is a great question, and that was one of the things that I mentioned earlier about being a challenge. Um, another, we were we were looking at one right down the road, uh, mm-hmm. probably. 10 miles the other way or whatever, but there was a congregation that ended up starting in that area, not okay. under great circumstances. Things are okay now, but <clears throat> so, so that kind of wiped out the plan for a little while, but that was geographically um, c- under consideration because of the, the way that it was growing. Um, then we decided, well, there's another area in our, in, in our community um Let's try it. And okay. we went out and, and so what we did, we did a door knocking campaign with Memphis. In fact, in fact, this is what we, we, we utilized them to go into two different areas. 
we thought that we would get more traction from one area because it's kind of a it's a, a poorer area. And right. we did have some members at Margaret Street that were connected with it. And we thought, well, man, that'll, that, that might be fertile soil out there. And there are not a lot of churches out there either. And um, so we had them do some door knocking out there and then in the area that we're now in. And guess what? We're here because it, w- it seemed to be more effective in this area. So geographically, we wanted to consider we didn't want to come in and tread on another congregation's territory. Okay. But at the same time, I don't know of any congregations that are set up just geographically. Now we're so transient. I mean, you know, we, hey, we'll drive, we we've got people that'll drive almost an hour away from us to to come. Aaron and I were talking about this as he was getting his stuff set up, and and you were coming in about that. Yeah. So we didn't want to we didn't want to step on anybody's toes, and what and it was funny because we thought there for a while that we did, and then okay. we map we mapped this. I just got just mapped it out. And I don't remember the exact mile. Let's say five miles. Margaret Street is five miles from one congregation. This congregation was wondering, well, are, did you guys plant too close to us? And then I did the, I, I did the mileage, and it was five miles away from them. Okay. So it, it, it just kind of turned out that it was it was kind of geographically. Yeah. But again, I don't necessarily think that that matters. Um, and we even met with with one eldership. That was one thing that we wanted to do as well, to let congregations in the area know what we were doing, to let them know we weren't out to take away, you know, members or potential members from them. Yeah. But one congregation that was struggling just asked, well, why didn't you come over and help us? My response to that was because that would have been ta- that would have that would have looked like a hostile takeover. Yes. You know, had we had yeah. a, a group of people that came over, placed membership, hey, we're here to help. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. we start doing things our way. That mm-hmm. that that and and they appreciated that perspective oh, as well. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. and listen, I don't know anybody of whom you're speaking, so I'm just going to be real blunt here. That is a victim mentality that m- many congregations have. Well, we need somebody to come in. Oh yeah, okay. We're we're gonna we're gonna take care. I got to take care of something real gotcha. quick. Um, guys, just acting nuts. Yeah. Um, anyway, so what am I? What was I? What was I going on? Um, Geography coming in, hostile takeover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and then playing so many, playing victim. You yeah. Know, so many congregations. So we don't have enough to do what we need to do. So we need somebody to come in. I was interviewing for a preaching position, and I ended up taking the job, and it turned out to be a mistake. But I was actually asked, "Will you come in?" Can you come in and grow us? I said, no, <laughs> I cannot. You have to grow you. I can help. Yep. yep. You know, and, and, and anyway, I, yep. but I feel like that's the model. Y'all, y'all, I got to take care of this other dude. Y'all holler. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. yeah so oh, I, I, well, before the show, Tony and I were talking about the distance between congregations and I appreciate that y'all were very clear on, you know, what your your motive was. Yeah. And, and I like, too, I'm not trying to go back in time, but I like what you said about motivation, you know, that you wanted to see what could happen. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'd like yeah. to hear more about that, not to go backward in the show, but just tied into, I guess, just the challenges and even their location. Like, you knew ahead of time that there were congregations around, but yet you yeah, had I, I the motivation what, to see what could happen. Right. And and even tying these two things together, just, just so... 
not wanting to tread on somebody else's territory. Yeah. And at the same time, like, listen, we're, we're going to be evangelistic. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're not interested in that, that's fine, but we're going to, we're going to reach out. But yeah. one thing that we've, we've had, I guess, a thing to look out for that we're mindful of as elders is that when we have individuals come in, families come in that are, are interested in placing, we, we kind of hesitate on that. I think probably more, yeah. more than typical. Yeah. Because we want our, our growth to be primarily through evangelism, not swelling. Yeah. We appreciate absolutely. people that want to come along and help. And sometimes, you know, there will be people that are like, listen, we, we, we appreciate the culture that you're building, the way, you know, what yeah. you're doing, and we want to be a part of that. But we had a conversation with one family one time. Um, I guess that we weren't clear enough. They walked away thinking that we did not want them. Yeah. And, and that wasn't the case, but we were just telling them, listen, if, if yeah. you come on board, we're expecting you to work. We're, we're yeah. here. We, we are here on mission. Like I, I keep repeating, I guess, but we want to work. And so this is not just a place because you're running from some other place. Yeah. Um, and we ended up. Hey, well, let me anyway, interrupt you, sorry. Preston. Uh, Aaron, that guy, Paul Peters, is on the two by two podcast page. Oh, okay. I don't have well maybe I do have admin status on that. I can't remember. Should be able to take care of that uh, from there. Uh, Let me see. Sorry, guys. Yeah. No, I don't have I don't have you're gonna have to block him on there. Let me see if I can Well, you know you're reaching people when you get trolls. <laughs> oh yeah. We we get them from time to time. You've arrived. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to add him to the block list on the restream chat. I guess I could have done that pretty quickly, but I had an option to block him on Facebook, but I don't, I don't, I blocked him on the restream chat first, but Aaron to get him on Facebook. Ban him from all live streams. Oh yeah. Yeah. There we go. Evidently he, he started out, said, looks like, Aaron's face, a, a mountain lion made love to it or something. Yeah, which that's odd. But if if but if that was a stumbled attempt at humor by somebody that was honest, I didn't want to just block him outright. But because we didn't acknowledge it, I guess he turned the volume up. <laughs> anyway, all just right. Need some attention, I guess. I I guarantee it. All God's children got problems. Uh, <laughs> now on, you know? on my two by two page it says the comment was removed by moderator. Now I don't know that this. had to be me, but well, it, it would be it was me through restream. But I still see it on the restream on your on the screen. But yeah, but it'll go. Uh, yeah, it'll go away. Okay. Um. All right. Back to challenges and solutions. I want to read both Speaking of up. these. Yes. Including uh, including trolls on the internet. Go ahead. Including right. trolls on the internet. You just block them. Don't yeah. feed them. That's right. What were some of the most significant challenges that you faced while establishing the new church, and how did you overcome them? And can you discuss a particularly difficult moment in the church plant process and your response to it? So many. I so can, many. I can okay. imagine. All right. So, so to begin with, I think the biggest challenge was buy-in from, from Margaret Street members. Um, again, you had some people that that got the vision very early on. They figured out what what we were doing, what the long term you know goal was. 
and and they were happy to engage. Other people um, could not get their heads wrapped around what we were doing or why, and to them it felt like they were um, that that we were taking the fa- we're dividing the family, splitting up the family. So uh, again, yeah. let me stress: they didn't perceive this to be a church split. But at the same time, they didn't understand, well, why, why can't we just grow like we are? Why can't we just stay here and evangelize? And rather than because we had a lot of people that were lifers from Margaret mm-hmm. Street. You're talking yeah. about people that, that grew up there that didn't know another congregation. My daughter, even though she she was a few years old when we moved to Margaret Street, Margaret Street's all that she remembers, basically. Yeah. You know, and so that was she was just starting. She was about to get into the youth group. And that was going to be that was going to be a big thing, you know, graduating into the youth group. And we're like, nope, we're leaving. You know, and so that was that was huge for her. But she wasn't alone. There were there were family units that. So getting another thing that we did at Margaret Street, we had a series of lessons on Sunday nights in the auditorium um, going over what our plans were, why we were doing it, how we were going to go about doing, you know, the rationale, the vision and all of that stuff. And and interestingly enough, a lot of the a lot of the folks that couldn't get their head wraps or heads wrapped around it were like, "When is this class going to be over? <laughs> when when are we going to be done talking about this so we can move yeah. on to whatever the next subject is?" It was really really weird to me. It was like there was just a a, a disconnect, something. So that was a, a huge challenge. I think most of those. Now, in hindsight, see what what it was all about and why we did what we did, but it was it was kind of painful to some folks. I'll be honest, that right. was that was a challenge. But I yeah. think again, just jumping in and bearing with it, uh, amazing. Uh, I could see so, where that would be a, a a problem that you have to deal with. I mean, that's yeah. a, so. Do you do you, th- yeah. you think it was people who, like I said, they weren't bought in, they didn't have their head wrapped around it. And it's not that they were trying to be insolent or insubordinate, but right. they just no, maybe no, no, thought no. that, well, we're just we we's doing maybe they we're were doing X Y Z at Margaret. Now we're going to do X Y Z at Avalon. Maybe, maybe yeah. some of them were thinking, is this really necessary? I think that's it. I, okay. I think that that's the idea. Like like why why is it why is this necessary? Yeah. And did y'all uh, put this out there as something that was necessary or something that was just? A very good opportunity, I assume, something That's like that. It. It, yeah. yeah. Yep. This yeah. is a good opportunity. That was the yeah. idea. And and yeah. we, we pushed it. And and that's that's the people that were excited about it were excited about it. The people that got it, man, they were again on board. Um and when you say it, you're talking about planting, planting the church and the work involved and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And 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 the sacrifice that they were gonna have to make. Yeah, you know, I, I think that they obviously they weighed the options and and well, said that yeah, this is going to hurt, me, but we think that we need to do it. Be thinking about this. I want to read this comment. Be think. Tell me more about that. The sacrifice. Like what sacrifices would they be making? It, it's awesome. I want to hear about that. My mom at one time lived about an hour outside of Vegas. When we went to visit her, the closest congregation we could find was in Vegas. Uh, congratulations. Oh, congregations of the Lord's Church. Sorry, the typo. Congregation of the Lord Church um, seemed plentiful in the East and not so many in the West. Since that time, I have often thought that the Western United States could use some more church plants. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm wondering if it's an East and West thing or if it's a 
the epicenter of the Bible Belt, and the farther you get from the Bible Belt, the fewer, whether it's yeah. it's northeast or northwest or just west. Well, you, one one of the stories that I heard and I repeated, and and I think maybe Ed Temple that I mentioned earlier, he had he had learned the same thing, wasn't it? Gus Nichols that had the preacher training school and would send men out and and just tell them start your own congregation, and that's I, why in Jasper, Alabama, there's congregations like on every corner. Maybe yeah, so. I, I'm not I sure, that, but that's. Okay. I've I'm heard from that. Alabama, and I'm not sure. Maybe so. Um, he did do like but, a preacher training thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of those men just went out and started churches. Yeah. And so, so again, going back to what Tony was saying is that yeah, you have this this epicenter of the Bible Belt, and the further away you get from that, and I will say this because this is not in. This was why I was saying I'm not an expert. This is not in my my wheelhouse. How do you go about planting a church um, in a place? Again, nobody had to move in Milton, Florida, for us to yeah. plant the church at Avalon, right? Nobody, I, I didn't have to move. Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> yeah, other than other than Troy yeah. and Andrea coming back from Paraguay, which they were going to do anyway, you know, it was a pretty sweet setup for them. They'll, they'll say that. This is great. It's, it, it's, it's ready to go. Um, nobody, nobody had to move to another place. So that's the kind of church plant that, <laughs> that's like the real deal, isn't it? Well, here's the thing. You can recreate that, but just with money. Like, there are congregations out there that have so much money. And, I mean, realistically, if you had four families, and if they don't have any children, that's still eight people. Yep. A a congregation could pay the expenses and rent and such like that for an entire year for four families Yep. and just say... All right, go go to this community. We've done some research on it, and go to this community and live. Found your find your housing, and then there's the congregation. I would love to you see know? that. Yeah, I, I, this, it would this be this awesome. A, yep. There we go. And like I think when people will understand that planting the church, you know, by planting the seed, is not merely to have some mere social group. It's not merely to have a building somewhere. This is right. the church of the Lord doing the Lord's work right. in that area. Like this yep. is not church plants that phrase in Christendom probably yep. it seems to me has become like almost like a fad or like a yep. oh yeah. Absolutely. Our church will make it how we want it kind of right. You know, traditional yep. or you know, contemporary or just something like that. It's like, no, that there's souls in that community that need the gospel. And, and that's this our is work. Not, this <laughs> yeah. is not popular. But if where you are and you're a Christian, if where you are really needs a church plant, well, the church is already planted. You're the seed. Go yeah. convert yep. people. Yep. Yep. That is, uh, uh, and I'm, it's probably down on this list a little bit further, but because it's a pertinent now, let me go and bring this up. Our goal is <clears throat> um, to keep planting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're struggling right now as far as numbers. And when I told you the 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 child to adult ratio is kind of wonky right now, but ultimately, our our goal is to is to keep planting. It's not to grow us larger. We we, we right. grow as large as we can here, and when that happens, then we're going to have to do something. Well, it's time to send somebody out. Time to send yeah. another group out. And and our area is growing. Like uh, at least they're building a lot of houses. I don't know. There's a lot of people going to move into them, but apparently somebody's buying them. 
Yeah. Do, um, do, do you have an opinion? And I know it would be based on your experience, you know, of, of when could probably be a good time year wise, you know, in a congregation's history, like they have enough money to send out two or three or five or 10 or something. I mean, again, I know there's not numbers like that in the Bible, but just do you think that like a lot of congregations probably have existed in the same place for 50 years? Yeah. A hundred, I don't know, 50 years. And and, and that's that's plenty enough time, isn't it? I mean, that's. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Let, Let me say this and I'll just, this sounds like a great idea, you know, with a bunch of people sitting around talking about it. It's a whole different beast when you have people. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah, you know, it, it's like everybody's everybody's <laughs> encouraged by the idea of church planting until it's like, but it's going to happen in your backyard. You're going to yes. be the one that you're going to be the one to do it. And then it's like, oh, 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 no, we're good, we're fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, that that has often been the the response. But well, how many times have you seen that meme of the guy in the robe behind the pulpit with the with the bubbles, the the, the speech bubble saying? Who thinks we need change? And then the crowd, the, th- the speech bubble is, we do. And then the next frame is, now who wants to change? Crickets. Right. Yeah. right. That's yeah. it. Yep. And that's kind of the notorious thing. Yep. Exactly. I, I highlighted a few of the comments, folks. They're so good. Thank you so much. We just don't have the time to get to all of them. I uh, appreciate Mary Pryor and uh, whomever the Facebook user is that talked about the church needing to be planted in Wisconsin and then David Stafford. And then, uh, the other comment, the longer one about, uh, about, well, well, this one, my mom lived about an hour outside of Vegas. Um, so I, I think, man, you've answered so many of these questions. And you had a list we, of challenges too. I didn't know if there was one more yeah. you wanted to mention or not. Yeah, um, we, are you, are you I, exhausted you, from that? We, <laughs> okay. So, so the other one, the other one was the whole COVID thing. So, all right. So, there's the challenge of of leaving the congregation, and mm-hmm. then once once we do that, we knew that we were going to be transient for a while. Okay. We had arrangements with the school system to to meet in a um, middle school cafeteria, and we did that uh, on Sunday mornings. We met in homes on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. Again, putting miles on the houses, and 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 that was a struggle, but good. Then COVID hits. And the lockdowns happen. Right. And for and for a few weeks, we did, you know, live streaming. And then we decided, and we're locked out of the schools. The schools, we're done with the schools for up until about three or four months before our building was done. So, so we were just like bouncing around. We'd go to um, homes. We'd meet outside. We met under a pole barn uh, through winter. And I know that I'm in Florida, but. This is still, I mean, yeah, this, it was, uh, there was one November Sunday where it was like 40 degrees. We had the, the pole barn wrapped with plastic and we had, um, uh, heaters inside or whatever, but like 90% attendance. Oh, that's awesome. That's in awesome. the winter. So as challenging as those things were at the same time, they, they made us into something and they, and, and so they forged us together. Um, Wait, wait, let me stop you. So I'm, I'm so you're That's telling me point. if people go through <laughs> multifaceted trials, that the trying of their faith works what? perseverance <laughs> and perhaps that that will 
perfect them and that and they will have suffered through something and they will be a more cohesive unit i don't think that's the way that works that's exactly <laughs> it man and it's it's a beautiful part of our story and that's what people i think you know the the challenge we don't like challenges we don't like them but man we like to talk about them after they're done <laughs> yes. yeah well that's a story that's for the, everybody the, the rose colored glasses <laughs> you know i i mean I, I look back in my time at the memphis school of preaching and all i remember is the good times yep but but that that's 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 memory through feeling when i do memory memory through logic i would never go back to the Memphis School of Preaching. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm glad I did, but I would never right. go back through that. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I don't even recommend people do it now. Uh, I mean, well, if you hey, can do the, anything else, don't do it. Listen, here, and this is the thing too, and I've got to be very careful with this because this whole this whole time that we're that we're facing all of these challenges, yeah. um, man, I get I got energy from it. You know, yeah. I'm like, okay. We got a problem. How are we going to fix it? We want to meet under a pole barn. Great. We got a rec center. Okay, we'll rent that. What are we doing yeah. next week? So for me, I was liking it, but it turned out <laughs> that a bunch of people were tired of it. You know, so I was not necessarily in tune with everybody in the congregation. And and I'm I'm talking it up and 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 I think that that's kind of a part of what I'm supposed to do, right? That's what leaders yeah. do. It's like I'm I'm listen, we're 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 doing great, but at the same time I think that looking back on it um, yep. We needed to be more in tune with what was going on and, and being experienced in the minds and the lives and the hearts of the members. Have, have you ever have you ever dabbled in uh, these personality tests and stuff like that? Have you ever? I wonder if you're Enneagram Eight. What is that? It's uh, well one, <laughs> one of me. the one, one of well, I can't. I mean, you'd have to take the test and all that. But uh, Enneagram Eight is um, one like you thrive. You don't you don't like it. You don't like conflict. You don't like confrontation. You don't like this. But but it makes you feel alive. You you uh, you're fulfilled from it. Like I, I'm I'm the guy that if if you need to have if 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 if, if very very difficult and heartbreaking information disciplinary information needs to be given to somebody i'm the guy you call <laughs> i don't like I'll it keep that in mind <laughs> i just I, I just excel in that there, there's yeah. there's i mean i i would if, if i worked at a large corporation my job i mean i would have no problem in going in and firing people like you look you look it, 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 yeah they, these are the rules uh, we've them. had these in, yeah he, here's why we're terminating your position you're out and it's just matter of fact I separate my emotion from it it's just we're, we're going to do this um, <laughs> so I, I've got to be very careful with how I interact with well let's say for the con the congregation I, I wrote an article two, two different articles about codependency in in congregation of the Lord's Church and it's it's it was in a it, it was it was in an, it was an attempt to help the people of Riverview understand me, because Jesus said, "If you've got a set of ears, this is for you." And it was fundamental things that we need to know to be a Christian. Well, if if I preach about something, everything that I preach 
it's going to I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to mitigate it. And you cannot be a sometime in Christian and and sit in the same room where I preach and be happy. <laughs> I'm either going to turn you on or run you off. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I think Paul I think God's <laughs> happy with either one. God's justice is served, either one. God's justice is satisfied. Now, because of that, the onus is on me to be tuned in to the congregation and not be like Aesop's fable where the brass pitcher and the clay pitcher are being washed out to down the river and the brass pitcher says, I'm going to come and protect you. Like, no, dummy. You're going to break me because you're beating up against me. So mm. I've got to be careful and I've got to be yeah. tuned in. And that's why I wrote those articles. And like, look, I say these things. If you've got a set of ears, this is for you. It's up to you to follow these truths. I, I don't know you. I mean, not yeah. really. I mean, I, I don't, right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's in the drawer beside your bed, beside your bed. So yep. I don't, you know. Anyway, and, that 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 reminded me of that. Like you, you were like, "Yeah, man, let's get this done." So we got to climb Mount Everest. It's just there's right. no hill for a climber, right? That's the idea, yeah. and that that's it. I, I get a lot of energy off of that, and and I assume, like, I mean, if you're sitting here listening to me, obviously you've got <laughs> you're thinking the same way I am. It's, oh, and, and that's we, not we, always been, the case. Yeah, it's been a year since we've had any problems. We need to stir something up. <laughs> <laughs> We, right. we need we're, we're we're dragon slayers. Let's go find a beast. Yeah. yeah. In fact, in fact, a sermon that I preached, um, I don't know. It may have been a year into Avalon's plant, but but it had to do with this. And uh, there is a, I don't even know what to call her. She's at least an author. She's written a book, but she's more than that. She worked, She does like presentations and stuff. Nancy Dwar, I think her name is, and uh, she wrote a book on this for corporations, basically. And it's the idea of you know you. The the adventure, what is it? There's an adventure and there's what a quest. And she notes the difference between those. I, I often use the idea of an adventure, but I think what, probably what we're doing is a quest. We have a goal, we're gonna go and we're gonna accomplish it. But the idea is you have a you have a climb and then you have a plateau. And then in order to continue to grow, you have to have another jumping off place. So we jumped off by planting. Now we're climbing, and what we're and and one thing to keep us from experiencing the challenge that we had before of not everybody being on board is that we're keeping this continually in front of the congregation that, that we are, we're a church plant with the focus of planting more churches. So there's going to come a day when some of you and maybe me or whoever, we're going to be leaving, we're going to be launching out and, and nobody needs to be confused as to why we're doing this. You know, from day one, you've heard us talk about it. Surely that helps. Surely that helps with stagnation. I, you talk about when y'all, when the group left with blessing from Margaret Street, mm-hmm. and you were surely that. I think you did say explicitly that people stepped up. Like yes. Margaret Street probably grew. It became a different congregation for the yep. better. Probably. Hopefully. I was going to say it's a different congregation. We go and yeah. we visit. You know, I mean, we're still close. Okay. Yeah, that's totally a challenge. Uh, that's a challenge beautiful. in itself. A lot of people don't like change, and yeah, uh, but the gospel changes us even on a daily yep. basis. Yep. So we shouldn't hate all change, you know. Right. Th- th- think that's about right. if you're a Christian and you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to miss out on some good promotions. You're going to miss out on some good jobs. At the very least, you're going to be ostracized from friend friend groups. Yep. 
Is it easier to maintain your faith through that persecution if you know about it in advance or if it blindsides you? Mm. Now, after you answer that question, think, how many times did Jesus alone say that his disciples are going to be persecuted and hated? Yep. We we were not we should never be caught blindsided. That's why you have to be in tune with the congregation. You have to yep. foresee certain things and you have to keep these things. You have to have your vision. Yep. You have to say, This is our purpose. Yeah. And Another, keep reminding people. Along those lines, and again, not that we've been perfect with this, but what we've attempted to do is occasionally have congregational meetings. Where you know basically everybody get, gets a voice. We've got you know one of the elders will lead it or whatever, but uh, we want to hear back from everybody. And 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 maybe maybe somebody's got some good ideas, you know that that we haven't even thought of. Mm-hmm. And then we can play around with that. But you do you want to challenge everybody? You want to be on the same page. The fact is, you're not always going to know what's going on in everybody's life, like you said. And and sometimes even the leadership will be blindsided. Like you know, I I, I thought. Thought we were all doing doing this together on the same page, but things happen. Yeah. Um, so typical challenge. I, I guess kind of going back to to what you were saying, Aaron. This, I mean, typical challenges like any congregation as well. Uh, just as the church planting aspect of it, just the the change. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. Really yeah. quickly, you you actually addressed this earlier, just not in a direct way. Scott Beck said. Is the hope that someone will step up when the body loses members who are eyes or feet of the congregation? So I'm assuming this is like, for instance, you 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 took a bunch of people, not not you as in Preston right. did not take. In other words, the situation, the you right. have a bunch of people from Margaret. Margaret or Margit? Margaret Street. Margaret. I'm playing too much Elden Ring. Margaret the Fell Omen is the very first boss <laughs> that you can't skip in Elden Ring. Anyway, how to do it, dude? Margaret Street. Um, they they said, listen, volunteers. So you have X amount of volunteers, but those volunteers were the people who volunteered normally. So yeah, that would and, have left some vacuum. In fact, let me go and stress this: that that some of those volunteers included elders. So there were elders that were willing to step down at Margaret Street and go with the new congregation. So, so how about so, the eyes and the feet when you've got the leaders and the and you know when they're when they're leading the way? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is. It is. It changed yeah. the dynamics of the congregation in a lot of ways. I, I wish more um, congregations would do this. One one thing I failed to mention this is that a few months before we planted, we started having classes on Sunday mornings. Everybody that was going to be a part of the plant came to this class. And and we coordinated this with our deacon over over education because what we were about to do was we're going to give you a trial run. We're pulling all of the teachers, I mean all the ones that are going with us. So while we were still at Margaret Street, they got a feel for what it was going to be like, at least as oh, far as so education they, was they were able to, to to they were able to fill a row that had not yet been turned into a vacuum. Right, right. That's. Did you, did you and y'all did that on purpose? Yeah, and, and the same oh, thing happened. Awesome. The same thing happened with the pulpit as far as Troy. I mean, that was an easy transition. Yeah, uh, but it did get to the point. Um, I think I approached Troy one day and and just said, "Listen, I mean, I know because I was con- I was continuing to preach while he was while he had returned, but everybody knew, including myself, that we were leaving. We were actually going to launch in January of two thousand eighteen. Instead, we launched in November of 2017, 
We launched oh. early. Oh. I didn't realize it'd been it, that long. Oh yeah, wow. man, it has been. It has been. But yeah. I, I think anyway. Wow. By Troy and I both knew. Like you know, Troy wants to pull. But I, I felt bad about you know. I'm. He's ready to get going. You know, with a new work, and here I am filling the pulpit of a congregation that I knew that I was going to be stepping down anyway. So we've basically just decided, let's just go now. I think that it was it was good. In other words, it was kind of a an early ripping of the bandaid, but but it looked like we were as prepared as we were ever going to be. Yep. Oh man. I mean, uh, it, cool. it, it's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. The uh, you 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 the 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 first stage of a long journey begins with one step. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna walk from Maine to California, you have to take one step westward. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you'll never go. Yep. Yep. You'll never go. Uh, Aaron, before we uh, kind of round this uh, round this up, I want to talk. Um, I bad I, English bad here. Hold on, uh, Aaron. I want to end the show with talking about spiritual growth and advice and insights because we've already talked about some personal reflections and looking forward. But before we do that and, and, and cover those topics, do you have anything uh, that you haven't been able to ask or uh, that we no. haven't covered? No, I really don't. I'm looking forward to those other parts too about, you know, fostering spiritual growth in a, in a new congregation like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. So under spiritual growth, then, I'm going to read both of these, and we'll just talk about them. How do you foster, and, and I know you've answered some of this already, but how do you foster spiritual growth and discipleship within a newly planted church? And can you share a story of transformation or spiritual growth from within the congregation there? Yeah, okay. So um, I think as far as fostering spiritual growth, um, that'll go, that goes back to the small groups. That's yeah. where a lot of that takes place. Even though our attendance has been, and, and we've, we've, I'm just trying to be upfront here. This is, sure. you know, this is, I, I can't imagine being involved in a different work at, at this stage of my life. This is, and I, and I tell Avalon this all the time, they're get, this is the dream job, right? Yep. Um, but at the same time, it's not been without challenges. Um, mm-hmm. Our small group participation is, is down a little bit, so we're, we're shuffling that around. We think a part of that had to do with the building, actually, because what we decided to, once we got into the building, well, um, how are we going to do our Sunday nights? Some of, the, some of the time we decided, well, we'll use our small groups to help clean the building. Right. Um, there'll be time together. Well, that ended up killing the momentum of the small groups. So, I mean, and so, and, and so getting into the building, I think actually had a, almost a negative effect on the small groups outside. Um, and so we're just going to shift it up a little bit, um, try some new things or whatever, but when I say new things, it's probably the same things just in different, you know, different clothing or packages, but we want to focus, continually focus on this culture of evangelism. One thing that I did not mention earlier in it, and it ties into this one is a book called Bring, Teach, Keep by Chuck Anderson. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard of it? I think I, I may have yes. that on my shelf. Okay. I've heard of it. I have. Um, it's, it's, it's real simple. I mean, it's, yeah, a, it's this a real is another, thin book. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah is and and in the people, listening, people listening to this couldn't see me. I said yes, but I shook my head no. No. <laughs> I think I have, but I'm scared to say. Okay. Well, it's, it's Bring, Teach, Keep. Basically what it does, it it puts forth the premise that we have guilted people 
into evangelism or not being evangelists like they should by by basically stating that every member ought to be out teaching non-Christians. Yeah. And what he argues in his book is that we're not all equipped for that in the same way, but there are various facets of evangelism and we can probably and we will we'll plug into one of those. So some people are bringers. Some people are they they have the gift of gab. They don't they never meet a stranger. Um so these are the people that they are good at inviting people to Bible studies. So right. you have the bringer, and you have teachers. Obviously, those are the ones that get the energy from teaching. I think that probably us three would encourage would be encouraged in that, right? Okay. Um, so teachers. So there are some members that that are equipped to teach, and then keepers, and these are the members that uh, they like being in the lives of Christians. They like to encourage new Christians, and so their role basically is to help keep the evangelized saved. So that way, is, everybody's involved in some way in the role of evangelism. Mm-hmm. Is this dude? Is, is he a member of the church? Mm-hmm. Yep, Chuck yeah. Anderson. Okay, so I, I'm I'm on it. Bringteachkeep.com. Okay, I think that they do have a website. I haven't been on it in a while. Yep. Um, Chuck Anderson is his name. I can't tell. Um, Chuck mm-hmm. Anderson came to our congregation and taught a seminar on Bring Teach Keep. This is Melissa Price. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glancing at my bookshelf. I think I have it. It's a if it's a very thin. Yep. Look, I have. I think I, I want have a copy that. of it. Yep, it's really good, and and it. Yeah, this is not his that we not that we've modeled Avalon after the contents of this book. We pretty much that was the foundation, though. I mean, this is, we still we have bringers, keepers, and teachers to this day. We started that again at Margaret Street right before we launched out. Dude, so it kind of set the can, stage. You can get a brothers keepers training course for one hundred seventy five dollars, a bringer training manual for a hundred bucks. And a Bible timeline teacher's manual for three twenty five. I don't know about the Bible timeline, but I feel like the probably brothers keeper and bringer that would both be. I mean, I don't know why I'm asking you. I can contact them, but anyway, uh, you know, Del Verney. I chased you know a squirrel. I do. Now, well, excuse me. I know of. Okay, well, because he was he was there in Northwest Tennessee for a little while, but he's from Michigan. Um, okay. He is a fr- he's a friend of Chuck's, um, and I didn't even get the connection, I guess, until after Chuck came and did the seminar, maybe somewhere along the line. But uh, Dale has he has worked with church planting as well in the Michigan uh, area, and yeah. um, I think kind of uses a lot of the same material, timeline studies, things like that. But um, again, I, I, I guess the answer to this idea about spiritual growth is that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's challenging the congregation to step up in evangelism. I mean, if, if man, if I've got a soapbox, it's evangelism. <laughs> what, what part of discipleship do you think perhaps many Christians miss? We don't use that word a whole lot, or at least yeah. I've not heard that word used a whole lot. What what part of that, just the fundamental idea, do you think we've missed about like I'm becoming a Christian to serve the Lord to help other people come to the Lord? Yeah, it's more I, of a. I get baptized. I'm a part of a local congregation, a worshiping society, and then I go home. It's yeah, you know, uh, yeah. That that's a great way to put that. I, I think that that does kind of show what what happens. But yeah, right. We're 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 converted to convert others. That's that's our whole. Man, I I was not raised in the church. Let me let me back up a little bit. Not that you care all about my story, and I'm going on and on. But I wasn't raised. No, I think in the it's church. pertinent. It's good. Go ahead. And so when when I came across the truth, I was 17, I think maybe. Um, 
man, I mean, it obviously it had an impact on me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, being the outsider, um, and I was convicted at that, at that point, I, I'm going to, I need to tell others about this. And so I started evangelizing. So it's hard for me to not under, to, to understand how that's not a part of any new convert. Yeah. Have, you know, the same, the same excitement and zeal that I had, why, why is that not shared? And so I think a part of it is helping them continue to be excited about what they have, mm-hmm. what they've discovered and what they found. Yeah. Um, reminding those that might be complacent and that have been in the church for a long time, you know, of what reminding them of what they have and what yeah. they can do. But um, making it possible, I think that one good thing about the church plan is that there's so many tangible things. The members can look around and say, "We did this. Yeah. We were a, we were a part of this." And I think that that also helps. You know, to say when you've got your when you've when your hands have gotten dirty, when you've been a part of something like that, it it's, it, it weaves itself into the fabric of, of your being. Do you think, having been a part of this directly, uh, do you think that is enhanced more with a quote-unquote smaller group of people, smaller setting, like people, yeah. yep. instead of like 300 folks and maybe yep. 200 aren't really doing a whole lot besides attending services, you know? Yeah, because you got to step. There's jobs yeah. that need to be done, and, and uh, that's why I was going to go back. Another part of my story, I was telling somebody this just the other day, is that I was probably a Christian for maybe six months, and and they they dropped me in the middle school classroom to teach. <laughs> and I'm I I was barely out of high school at that point, and they're putting me in a room with these kids, and I was intimidated, man. I I I couldn't probably tell you the difference at first between Moses and Noah. You know, and they're putting me in. And <laughs> anyway, so I, th- I think just kind of getting getting tossed in. And so we're in a scenario. Yeah. I Uh-oh. promise we didn't kick him out. Uh oh, something happened. Maybe he um, can still join. Is he? He, he can. If he, he has the internet. Same, yeah. Yeah. He can. If yeah. Well, he's they're, they're experiencing storms down there. Oh, okay. Um. So hopefully it didn't just shut off. Let me. I'm going to send him a message. Maybe resend him the link. Man, I was ready. I was just about to. I was really wanting to hear what he was about to say. I know it. <laughs> this is good stuff, man. This is like. This is like. The hidden part of Christianity, like it shouldn't yeah. be hidden, but it's like, like this should oh, be who I we just are. Heard, I just heard somebody. There he is. Great. Good deal. We're back. Listen, I'm going to tell you if you if you talk like that anymore, it'll be permanent next time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Won't happen again. That's right. So you better better watch your facial expression. We said there, we huh? want to talk about discipleship, but we were kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I, let me say this one 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 thing, Aaron. Did, I saw this modeled, and I need to be a lot better at this. So I talked about myself. I was just thrown into the middle school class as a new convert to teach. I just had to do it, and that's and that's the way you learn. I think that's a big part of it. And so when when we have new converts, I think we even need to be better at just like, okay, now here's your job. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but on a mission trip to Panama, I saw this take place again, going back to Ed Temple, and and the idea of discipleship. Um, what Ed would do, he would stress, we need to bring along this member, because remember, on the mission field, we Americans go in, we run the show. And if we're not running the show, the guy that we keep paying, our, our missionary on the field, he needs to step up and he needs to run the show so we can see him running the show. 
Um, that's, that's an American mindset. So what Ed ended up doing and demonstrating was, no, we, we need to make them step up. And so you bring people along with a visit, and then you shove that guy out in front to lead the prayer. You know, you, so you're, you're bringing along people, and you're, you're modeling what needs to be done, and then you're handing it over to them and saying, do it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times on the spot. And expecting them to step up. And typically, I mean, isn't that what happened with you guys? <laughs> At some point, somebody asked you to do yeah. something. Yep. And you stepped up, mm-hmm. I guess. Yep. I mean, it, I, I remember... I don't know, I don't know his first name, but his name, his last name was Reed, and his son was David Reed. Sadly, uh, they're not faithful anymore, but he's the one that set me up. He held me first, and we sang, Come We That Love the Lord. We're marching to Zion, and every time I had an opportunity, he got me up there to lead that singing. Yes. And I'm I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That's that's kind of the that's that's the culture that we've got here. We're yeah. A, we're, you know, at first we're in a cafeteria, and we've got these little kids running up to their dad, who's leading a prayer, leading a song. They jump and and that scoop them up. They're part yeah. of it. You make them up, a part of it from from day one. Up here, we we have young Mitchell, and he every time every Sunday, it's his job. He prays or leads a song. Yep. I don't care. That's just yep. what's going to happen. And we have another young man. I'm gonna I'm gonna call his name, but nobody knows. Ekpono. He's he's a he's a he's a teenager, but hadn't obeyed the gospel. And I don't know that he's ready. That that's him and his mama or, or his his daddy and his mama will deal with that. Yep. You know. But now he's starting to. Whenever we have sing-alongs and stuff like that. He's starting to starting to lead singing and stuff, and I encouraged him. Well, first off, he's I think he's six foot three inches. I mean, he's <laughs> taller than me. Yeah. Um. But any so I, I mean I thought he was I thought he was eighteen nineteen years old and all that good stuff and baptized. But anyway, uh. So when we had this deal where he was going to have all the men sing, I was like, hey man, you know you can sing this that and the other. When he got up there and led a song, I'm like you did a fine job. I said. We're going to put you in the rotation. What about praying and waiting on the table? Well, somebody said he he's not he's not yet a Christian. I'm like, well, then we'll back off of that. But I mean, I, I would have no problem with a teenager who hadn't anyway. Well, another yeah. podcast. I said, but every time we have these sing-alongs where it's considered training and stuff like that, I said, you do you do whatever you're willing to do, mm-hmm. you know. And yep. we just we bring people along like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Boy, that hit me hard. It's tough, man. That fella, that uh, I'm going to call him former brother Reed. He apostate. Man, I mean, I, I was just I, I was you, a little kid. I didn't, I didn't know. I, I I mentioned this Sunday, and in fact, this was one of the ways that I was going to answer like the last the last question. Yes. are we there? What what time are we? We um, are an hour twenty three. So, like I said, it, it it we're at this point. I figure we've got twenty minutes more than we bargained for. So whatever we get now is icing on the cake, just extra. Well, then uh, let me say this. I I think with what you were just talking about and the experience that you had, kind of goes back to a sermon that I preached Sunday um, on loving the church. Um, I think that maybe in hindsight, I think that maybe that's, that's the summary of my 
existence as a Christian, if that makes sense. It, it was really weird. When I first became a Christian, It, I was so in awe of, of Christianity, obviously of the Bible and God and, and the, the truth. But I heard a lot of sermons about the church that exalted the church and keeping the church pure. And, and, and it was all about the church in my mind. And then I... Um, got around some people that, that were always talking about Jesus. And I think that I got into the point where I was almost embarrassed to talk about the church because I should be talking about Jesus. And then finally it dawned on me, wait a minute, to talk about one is to talk about the other. Why persecutest thou and, me? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> to persecute that is the, the church the is to persecute Christ. Christ. To love the Christ. church is to love Christ. Yep, yep. And, and I think that that's it. I, I think loving the church and not just a local congregation, but just loving the church, because one of the reasons, this is what I listed, is because of what the church has done for me. The church loved me. Yeah. And I pointed this out. I said, before I was ever a Christian, the church loved and nurtured, guided and molded the little girl that would become my wife, that would become the one that would introduce me to the truth first, and then ultimately would be my wife, the mother of my children. So, Never underestimate the power and the influence that you have on on little individuals like that. Yeah, sweeping them up into your arms, making them a part of 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 that community and that family. Yeah, impact them for life. Well, if I sweep Ekpono up in my arms, I'm just going to body slam him because <laughs> you'll have to throw him down because that'll hurt your back. That, that Joker's <laughs> plumb dangerous. <laughs> I was just picturing you in somebody's arms. Right? Well, if he keeps going, he'll sweep me up in his arms. Uh, no, I, I do. We got two little babies, uh, Jomi and Jaden, man, uh, two different families. And uh, yeah, I, every chance I get, I mess with them, boop them. And um, Jomi is a little bit more, I, I think, because his daddy listens to my podcast so much. My voice is so familiar to him. But um, I can't wait. Um, and, and you know what? Uh, I've already, you know, the guy that makes the rotation and stuff, once Jomi and Jaden get ready, we're going to have Mitchell, Jomi, and Jaden. If that's all we have, we may have more by then, but we're going to put them on rotation to do a prayer. Yeah. Like they're going to have a job like, okay, so, you know, you, 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 granted, we're going to have men in Christ leading the prayer. Um, but I mean, I have no issue of conscience if the only if the if the only opening prayer is by a six year old child. I mean, let me tell you, they they can they can come in and out of the throne room, and they don't need a mediator. That's right. That's right. You know, when when I was at the school of preaching, there was a little boy. I think he was probably about six years old at the time. He would get up and he would lead, lead a song in chapel every once in a while. And I think maybe one of the students or somebody step, you know, stepped up and, and brought that into question as to whether or not we can have a non-Christian lead us you know, in worship in some way. And Brother Elkins came to his defense. <laughs> Brother Elkins said, like you just said, there is, I, I can't imagine somebody more pure taking me before the throne room, taking me into the throne room than that. Yep. Yep. Amen. Yeah, a, a child is uh, not equivalent to a non-member, to a no, to an right. accountable non-member. That's right. like completely different. That's like comparing army tanks with, I don't know, well, with, that, with if, the basketball. If, if, That's yeah. like if that little baby ain't in the kingdom, yeah. exactly where is he? Hmm. There's only two kingdoms. Boy, I've preached that. 
Satan's yep. kingdom and God's kingdom. Where are you putting little children at? Mm. God right. says they're in his. <laughs> I have gotten absolutely emotional <laughs> like a schoolgirl in my old age. <laughs> you and me both. Right? Oh. I do too. All right. I get that way a lot. It's, it's precious. I think one thing that gets me emotional is when hardened adults don't see the innocence of children, then yeah. their hearts are not touched. Instead, we're bickering about young boys. Yeah. And we're, we're, no, 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 you can't, it's like, you realize that God, you know, I, mean, I, I mean, don't we realize, don't we know, don't we remember that Jesus, what he taught about children? I mean, I, let train these children to do the things that they need to do when they are accountable. Man, yeah. we're, we're building an army. Think I, about I that. The opportunity to, to, to mold these minds um, and to see them excel that, and that I'm old enough now, and I love this. I'm old enough now that, that. I can see patterns in life that I've experienced. You can, I've been around and preaching enough that I've seen little ones grow up and, and probably could have predicted who would be faithful and who wouldn't be. And, and a lot of that had to do with the attention that they were given. And I think that the attention that, that Christians can give little ones who might not be getting the attention that they need at home or whatever, just that little bit of influence, um, who knows how many souls can be saved ultimately because of that? Tony, Tony, I'd like to ask him one of the questions that's way ahead that we might not get to. I'd like to just ask you, you know, how has your personal faith been impacted by your experiences in this new work? I don't know if I'm getting way ahead, Tony, if about. I need to, but you know. That, no, that's good. I, I, how has your personal faith, like, how do you see that it's changed you? Um. Yeah, that was a great question. In fact, that may be one of the ones that I, I put, I don't know, but I do know in, in every way, because I'm not the same. I heard somebody say this about about their marriage. They said, my wife has been married to three different men. <laughs> and and then he, when he, you know, and then he talked about the, the, the three stages that yeah. he had been through in life. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of that scenario is that I can't imagine not doing what I'm doing now. And what and what Avalon allows me to do basically is this, and and I, I tried to emphasize this Sunday. We understand this when it comes to missionaries. Our congregation will put its funds together to support somebody on a on a mission field, and we consider them a missionary. When every congregation is doing that, I mean, that has a full time preacher or whatever, you're you're doing that in the in the states. You're supporting financially this person so they can do the work of the Lord. And and I believe that the work of the Lord for an evangelist is to evangelize. So so they're giving me the opportunity by supporting me financially to do the thing that I, I set out to do when I first became a Christian, and that's to to tell other people the truth. Yeah. And I've 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 loved that from day one. I've wanted to do that and they enable me to do that. And this scenario that Again, I'm not the one that started this. This was in their minds before I ever got on board. But it's enabled me, I think, to flourish in, in the realm, more flourish, not that I'm, I'm good at it, but flourish in the realm of evangelism. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what I've always wanted. No, I don't want to fill a pulpit. I do. I mean, I want to preach. I want to teach. I'm not the greatest preacher. My sermons are basically <laughs> me talking like a Bible class teacher. But I, I would say as that, far that's, as preachers go, that, 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 that doesn't prove, that, that doesn't even bolster the idea that you're not a good preacher. Right. 
Well, I mean, but I mean, my emphasis is I, I just want to tell the story. That's it. And and I think that this that this scenario, this church plant, has enabled me to do this. Um, I guess more than I've ever done before, and I'm in, I'm indebted for this opportunity. That's for sure. Could you? I'll tell you what my my first work there was a, there was a, a period in my first work where we were having baptisms like left and right, and and it's because of building scenarios where people could invite friends mm-hmm. and friends could be told. And, and, and so I've, I've tried to replicate that everywhere. And, and here it's, that's who we yeah. are. That's, that's our yeah, culture. Could you point, yeah. That's what, that's the answer to my question. I'm about to ask how can you pinpoint the one or two things that allows you to do that more than you feel like you've been able to in the past. And that's, and, and it won't, I don't consider it a knock on, you know, Margaret Street or wherever you've been and just because you've grown yeah. and changed too. It's yeah, it's not just, absolutely. oh, we yeah. did this and this is so much better than where I was, but it's just you yeah. know and, and, and that yeah, I I wanted to try not to do that. Not yeah, I appreciate your emphasizing that. I don't I don't want to come yeah. across like this place was better than. It's just that this point where I am in my life now, I can't imagine being in yeah. one of those other scenarios. I yeah. think because I'm I'm not in that same place anymore. Yeah. Margaret Street, for example. Um, there was a, a lot of, you know, we had a lot of um, ministries, a lot of things going on, um, and that kept me busy in a lot of ways. Whereas here, and I think maybe it has to do with the mindset of everybody, we want to grow, we want to get the, the gospel out, we want to plant, we want to water. That's 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 our, our theme, planting and watering the gospel. Um, and, and I think that that's it. They know that that's what our job is. All of us know that. It's not that, you know, we pay the preacher to do, you know, this, this, or this. It's like we're all here to evangelize. So where where are, where are y'all looking to do that in the near future? Like more so in y'all's general area as opposed to, you know, going to Japan or, you know, or yeah. Nevada. Um, we or, do want to be, well, I mean, we want to be involved in um, foreign <laughs> missions. And Ed, again, going back to Ed, one of the elders, um, that's where his heart is is in foreign missions. So that will be a big part of our culture going forward. Uh, but as far as planting stateside, it's going to be local yeah. because that's what we're able to do. But it's it, the idea of being able to break a, a group off. So you already have, you're, you're making the mission team. We're building a mission team, basically, I guess what we could say, for whenever the time is right to, to leave. And so that'll have to be local. You know, we're not expecting members to, to move. Um, and, and and again, there's plenty of people coming here. There are souls all around us. Um, I'm I am I'm all for foreign missions. I'm all for even domestic missions on other, in other parts of the the country where I'm not living. <clears throat> but as far as what I'm able to do, yeah. and I think even do so with a good conscience because I, I think we have souls all around us. Yeah. And and that's where it's going to start. So it'll be probably another another community around. We've got we've got several communities that are growing. Um, it'll be within driving distance anyway. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, what advice would you offer individuals considering church planning or to enter into missionary work? And common misconceptions about church planting that you'd like to address. Um, common misconceptions. This is an I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what people do think about church planting. Um, maybe tie it with the first part of that question is the the advice is just jump in. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Yeah, um, at least start 
thinking about it and and asking yourself, what can I do? Not just like, yeah, oh, man, that needs to be done. Well, okay, so what can you do about yeah. it? And I, I suggest this to people a lot of times, not, not just for this topic, but for anything like, well, at the local congregation, you know, dot, dot, dot. Well, go to the leadership, go to your elders. And if you don't have elders, go to at least the men that are the most faithful and seem to be the decision makers because it falls to it's sadly it falls to usually two or three men in a congregation right so it's a pseudo eldership well and again topic for another podcast but um go to them and be like hey here's what i feel i can do but what would you need done regardless of my particular set of skills and just See what they say. Yeah. You know? Um, but be, I think be prepared for dunking in the dirty Jordan seven times and not doing some great thing. Yep. Yep. But it may need, yeah. well, we need the yard mode this summer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, now that we've got a building, now we have to deal with all that crazy stuff. Soon. Oh, boy. Yeah. <sighs> yep. <laughs> No, guys, thank you for inviting me on and um, allowing me to talk about this. This is a passion of mine. I get excited and I ramble on, so I apologize. Well, uh, I've got one more question before we cut you loose. Okay. Do you think that from your experience, you could craft a seminar about your experience to help smaller congregations and out of the way areas to do things to grow not necessarily church plant but to right. grow that uh, that's an interesting question <laughs> i don't know I'd, I'd have to <laughs> i'd have to sit and mull on it a little bit well you chew on that because it may be that that you're invited to uh some place to do that if that would be something you'd be right. interested in doing i don't know Okay. Yeah, man. I, I would again. I would just I, I assume, love to tell this story. I just as soon get you up here to hold a seminar and and to you know to to do something like that as I would to get somebody I didn't know. You know. Yeah, I'd love to, man. I'd love. I'd and I'd love to see the work there. Um, appreciate what you guys are doing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. On that note, I'd, I'd love to. Maybe one of these days I can make it down there. I'd love to uh, to meet you know brethren at Avalon and. Sounds like hey, a lot, love to lot of good guys. work going on down there, and you know when you, you, you love that, when Facebook you love the, user, yeah, good question. That's a Tony. good question. Yeah, there's other people <laughs> wanting to know. <laughs> you know when you loved it, I just I can't get over that. I really there's a lot of things we've said that I've enjoyed, and one of them my, for highlight for me from you, Preston, is I love to tell the story. You know that's tell me the story yeah. of Jesus that song and i love to tell the yep. story or two of my favorite songs that we sing and just yep it's it's easy to to stray away from focusing on Jesus and the church and the lost you just yeah, on is. other things that have their place but they become the major thing or they become the emphasis and yep. you, you saying that throughout the show a couple of times you know reminds me just like the story of Jesus is what does it. That's what changes things. It That's does. what gets yeah. people on board and keeps them on board. And if we fall off board, it's what gets us back on board. Like, it's just, yep. tell me the story. 
Our yep. friend that we started the show before we went on air, our friend, our mutual friend that we that I know down there, we're in your area. I would yeah. call yeah. him and every now and then I'd say, "Hey, brother," he said, "What's up?" And I'd say, "I'd say, tell me the story of Jesus, brother. Just, just Man. tell me the story of Jesus. I just, I want to hear somebody yep. talk about it. You know." Uh, Yep. You know, because when you talk about it, Jesus man, that, and all that he has done, it just, that's what fires you up. I mean. That's it. There you go. I, it fires you up. And I think that that's, I, th- I guess maybe that's that's one of my uh, assumptions, kind of going back, well, you know, we're all on board and, and you're looking around and people are like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. I get, I get excited. I, I just get, it, it gives me energy and, and I just assume that, man, that's, everybody else would too. And I, and I think you're right. I think that everybody else if they allowed that yeah. that story to sink yes. in, if they allow it to really get it, um, it makes all the difference. Yep. And it would make all the Absolutely. difference. Absolutely. Well, Preston, uh, Aaron and I are going to stay on here a little bit longer uh, and kind of right. wrap things up. I, I I don't know about you, but I'm, well, I mean, I don't know about Aaron, but I am absolutely edified. Uh, you seem to be edified. That's how he's able to edify us. I am. And uh, I yeah, am. it's... Uh, it's amazing. What a good it. story. Yep. All right, brothers. Y'all have a you good too. one. Thanks again. Thank you. God, Keep up the good work, brother. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, man. You too. All right, dude. Man, that was uh ready to go out and preach the gospel, brother. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what was the link to the book y'all mentioned earlier? John Exum, you said, or well, somebody bought that book um off amazon but i think they're in the united states ben bring teach keep.com let me type that in bring teach keep oh here it is i see it on amazon can you throw the link yeah, I think I can. In the uh, the deal, so bring teach bring teach keep dot com is uh, the website illuminating the biblical model of evangelism, and you can get training manuals, books, all kinds of stuff uh, there. And that book, bring teach keep, illustrating the biblical mo- biblical model of evangelism, is um, well, it's. Man, I feel like I may have this book somewhere. Somebody gave it to me at one time. Yeah, uh, a guy that was directly involved or is in, I think, what was a church plant years ago and is still in a smaller community. It's up in northern Missouri. We supported him from Washington Avenue for quite a while, and I'm so proud of them. Uh, They said, we are where we need to be, and we don't need the financial support anymore. We just need the prayers and the moral support. And um, he, I think he gave me the book, um, Caleb, there in Eagleville, Missouri. Remember, you've heard of that work maybe at one time? Yeah. He, yeah, Caleb, I can't remember his last name right this second, but he gave me a copy of that book. I do believe he said, it's just real practical, you know. Yeah. Well, so. let me read the blurb here. Get that punched in the gut feeling every time you hear the word evangelism. Most Christians today have been convinced that it's their responsibility to teach the Bible to their family, friends, and colleagues. But is that the pattern we see in the New Testament? If not, what does evangelism really entail? This book offers an analytical look at the biblical model of evangelism based on the clear teaching of Scripture. Be not many of you teachers, James 3.1. 
God has blessed every Christian with a unique and important role in evangelism. Unlock your evangelistic gift and find where your God-given role lies. And so you can all, you can order that off of uh, bringteachkeep.com, or you can order I, it off that link in Amazon. Yeah, I just put the Amazon link. I'm sure there's other places, but or I say I'm sure there could be other places. I also recommend the book Each One Reach One by Andrew Irwin. I've it's heard an of that. excellent book about church growth and evangelism. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Oh, me. I, I was, feel like I could just go cry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so emotional in my old age, man. <laughs> go cry that you're so emotional <laughs> yeah no i'm just crying I'm, I'm weeping thinking about them pure babies and leading us in prayer and leading us songs yeah. thinking about thinking about that mr reed i haven't thought about that memory from childhood in so many years yeah, i don't know if got i repressed you. it yeah that got you but i remember his wife was a bus driver his son him, him and his, his his him and his wife their son um he grew up to be, uh, he was actually a Secret Service. Oh wow! Uh, he went through the Marines and he and he went to the Secret Service, and I think he even guarded the president at one point. Wow! Yeah, and he and he looked just like I mean, just picture picture of how a movie would would do a would make a. I mean, he looked just he looked like a movie at an action figure. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not just, fair genetically that he was built that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. six foot three inches. Real broad shoulder, near to hip, and just look yeah. like your quintessential. Yeah. Anyway, easy to be jealous of somebody like that. <laughs> he had a, had a jaw that you could set a level to. I mean, just <laughs> yeah. squares could be anyhow. Um. Uh oh, have we got? There we go. Um, I, I enjoyed, and like I said at the end there with him, I just tell me the story of Jesus. Like, yeah, you know, we, I could, I could rant on that. We just, we go into all these topics and topical preaching and I, you know it's like it, tie, tie every topic into jesus if it's biblical yeah. it does you know well, like it every subject we, tied into living for christ you, you're going to talk about the sins of you know practicing homosexuality you're going to talk about the sins of Abortion, the sins, whatever, tie it back into living for Jesus and Jesus dying on the There it is, Tyler. Caleb Jacobs. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He gave me the book, I do believe. We have people. Caleb gets in, in the, the community, church. by the way. Oh, that's he does. That's awesome. He's yeah. we have people in the church trying to live a pure life and keep from sinning. But yet it seems like my brethren on Facebook, instead of using their Facebook platform for a an edification and, and teaching the, yeah. the, the biblical principles to so, to soberly, righteously, godly, yeah. we want to argue about the interest in, in in the the intricate nuances of the different eschatological views and nuances of the Holy Spirit. Or whether or not you're going to hell if you celebrate Christmas. Yeah. And I'm like, man, let's 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 encourage people and teach people how to live a life like Jesus, how to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Yeah. I'm not saying that we don't teach all this. So Lord knows I, I love 
I like talking about the Holy Spirit as good as I like talking about anything else. It's a yeah. fun topic. I like nerding out on it. Yeah. But I promise you, you could go to heaven if you didn't even so much as know there was a Holy Spirit. Yep. And somebody's going to go to Acts and say, well, what about whenever Paul said, no, Paul asked them that question for a purpose. Yep. But I promise you, if you're, if you obey the gospel and you repent of your sins and you understand you're being delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God to your son, yeah. you're, you're saved at that yeah, point. You're on the right track. Like Whether this, you know there's a Holy Spirit or not. Yeah. Yep. And if you if you live your whole life and and you you never understand yeah. the Holy Spirit, you can go to heaven. Yep. You never un, you never know or are aware that there's like multiple views of what the yep. gift of the Holy Spirit is. It's like, or incidentally, if you're confused on end time stuff, it's yep. eschatology. Yep. I promise you, there there's going to be so many people in heaven that hold opposite views on eschatological topics. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be funny. I wonder what the conversation is gonna be like. Like, oh man, we were both wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it turns know, and, out. And I, one of the things that John sixteen fourteen, Jesus said that the Spirit would glorify Him. So again, it's all about Jesus. Go back. Yes. Goes back to Him. You you know you can tie them sermons about Jesus and or about the Holy Spirit into Jesus back to Jesus. You know, you take just, it all the way back. Yeah, all the work that we're looking at in Scripture that the Spirit has done, it was to glorify Jesus as the King of Kings. Absolutely. <clears throat> Just don't educate yourself away from God. That's Yeah, amen. I've seen people do it, man. Amen. Don't lose your respect and your undying devotion to His written word. That's it. And, yeah, right. uh, and there, there's really the, the two extremes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need any academia. Yeah. Or it's all academia. Yep. Come on, man. All right. Yep. Aaron, we need to shut this thing down. Yep. You know, you the, any f- just the thing about church planning, I think the way yeah. the, you could tell just, I, at least I felt like I could tell just from just this short encounter with Preston. And I've seen him around, but I don't know if I've ever shook his head and looked at his eyes like, hey, I'm Aaron Dodson. And he said, hey, I'm Preston Silcox. Nice to meet you. But I've seen him around. So I didn't really know him real well. But I yep. think you can tell by the things that he said. And the, you can hear the message of Christ and in, in what he's saying, that, that yeah. church plants can be a really good thing. Yep. And you can tell they did, and he didn't even get, he probably didn't even touch the tip of the iceberg, as we would say. And oh, all really the feel things like was, they planned out. Yeah. And they, they're not just, oh, we need a new congregation. We want a new building. We want to, we yeah. don't like some people here. No, 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 no. This was a planned out thing to carry out the work of God. Maybe yeah. we can talk about that again another time. I, I would like to to consider more the idea of why we need church plants, because I think there are people who look down on them. They think, like what he said they dealt with, w- w- why is it necessary? Yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. I'd like to talk more about that. Why is it needed? Hey, I, I would, let me get this comment from Ben. Uh, if it has nothing to do with salvation, why look at it? Ben's not saying that. Ben's saying this is a view that he's met. He said, if I bring up apologetics, he's met with that. And I'm I'm with you. So that's those two extremes mm-hmm. where it's no academia at all yep. versus it's all academia. So the people over here on the far one side, I shouldn't say left or right, that's semantically overloaded, but the people over here on the far one side, they say, well, 
Why, why, why even talk about it? It's just not a salvation issue. Well, you're right. It's not, but mm-hmm. it affects salvation issues. Right. It, that's I mean, what I wanted like, to say. Like, like the thing about apologetics, Ben's talking about. I mean, like you're talking about, does God exist? Like, yeah. people aren't going to want to talk to you about baptism as Jesus Lord, and they think God's a fairy tale. And then that's we right. sit around going, oh, well, they just don't have enough faith. I ain't got time for that. It's like right. oh, we need to engage people yeah. as much as they're willing and they're and we're able that no, there is a God. Paul preached there is a God and he's the one God. Well that, that is that, doctrinal preaching. I mean that's, that that article that I, I wrote um about the Mars Hill discourse in it is uh those those six logical oh, oh, arguments. Oh, I know. I wanted to go back and it's in article form too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've done that, but it's been so long I can't find where I wrote that down. I want to do that again and preach gotcha. that myself. That's just good stuff, man. Oh man, I I love it. Um I'm gonna look. I think Yeah, it opens doors. Like and it's talking about like okay, you can talk about the sufficiency or um the historical uh reliability of the word of God and the accuracy of the that's exalting God in Christ. That is doctrinal preaching. That can be salvational. Like that's bringing it. It it is salvational. Like if you don't believe the Bible's word of God, you can't go to heaven. Like <laughs> I, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, quote unquote apologetics, you, you can't go to heaven. This I mean, is I mean true. that's I, I, they're so directly tied. Yes, there are some subjects that are that are not necessary to know. You know, they get out into an area that, you know, are, are there 6,333 ancient manuscripts or are there 5,892? And I use that as an obvious example, but stuff like that, just academic stuff that can get, that can back up your faith and encourage you. But the pinpoint of them do not determine if you're going to go to heaven or hell, you know. Yes. Um, if y'all ain't got anything better to do. Click that link that I just put. Uh, that's uh, Ancient Wisdom, Modern Insight. And that's the article. Um, I put that out December of last year. But, yeah, uh, check it out, man. It, that's I mean, if I do say so myself, it's a pretty good article. Um, if nothing else, it just it organize, it tells you it's, you know, the cosmological argument, the ontological, the teleological, yeah, like the religious, yeah. moral and aesthetic yep and everything oh i accidentally highlighted it sorry oh yeah well, i thought i thought i could click on it that i can't do no, that you can't the, you not inside can the, click on it from here not inside yeah. the restream <laughs> but in and all congregations are planted congregations yeah to i mean at least to yeah. some extent they are i mean and it kind of yeah. opens the door of, well how were they planted like yeah, some are well, planted because they're split offs, and that's not. That's good. the thing, and, you know, and I, I didn't, I didn't want to take the time to bring this up, but yeah. whenever he was talking about that, and he wanted to make sure that we knew, and that the people, people knew that Avalon didn't happen because of a split. A lot of times, what happened is a church will split, and they'll say, "Well, we have a church plant." Yep. No, 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 no. You have a church split. Yep. You didn't want to do what was right, so you went over where you didn't have to submit yourself to the leadership of the body. Yep. Or not the le- when I say the leadership of the body, I'm thinking about Ephesians 5:20 and some change to submit yourselves one to another. We don't have elders, yep. we got to submit ourselves to each other and you people yep. didn't want to do that, so you left. 
Yep. That is not a church plant. Yep. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but it doesn't matter. It's kind of like Abraham Lincoln. If you if you call the cow tail a leg, how many legs does a cow have? Five. No. Yeah. Four. It doesn't yep. matter what you call the tail. It's not a leg. Yeah. Yeah. If it's planted by the unadulterated gospel, by the teaching and preaching and obeying of it, well, then you've got plant. You've got That's people, it. you know. It all has heavily strengthened my faith. Speaking of academia apologetics, yep. the more truth you find, the closer to God, everything aligns with God. The closer to God, everything aligns with God. I was at Margaret Street while a student at MSOP that was in 2016, I believe. Preston was talking about the church plant back then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Evan, I don't know if you came, you came in a little bit late, David, but yeah. the way they decided to go to Avalon or wherever, is Avalon the city? I don't know. I it doesn't matter. With the, to go know. where Avalon is. Um, they had two different groups of door knockers sent out and I'm assuming that that would have been the MSOP deal. So I I should have asked him. Yeah. All right. Aaron, you got anything? No, man. I'm, 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 I'm good to go. I've enjoyed it. Appreciate all the comments and. Don't take it personal if we didn't read yours just because there were so many and time. That's and, it. But we really appreciate it. The comments still help us even if we don't get to it. Like it helps add yes. to the, you know, other people see it and it helps the algorithm. That I'm, oops. Ah. I am sure that you're correct. I am. I think Avalon is the name of the street. Yeah, and and with what he said, Avalon is five miles from Milton, or from Margaret Street. Awesome. So here's the deal: we're going to end with a word from our sponsor. We'll contact Lindsay Dotson, Lindsay Faye Dotson at gmail dot com. Are you part of a congregation or any other uh, uh, institution seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in the designing modern advertisements for churches. Whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics, Lindsay has got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or send an email to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate both far and wide. Contact Lindsay Dotson, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com today. And I would, I would, I would invite you also to uh, subscribe on Substack. If you like what we do and you want to help us out, do a $5 a month subscription on Substack or pay for a five, pay for a $50 for a year. That's U.S. dollars, by the way. Uh, but like, subscribe, share, comment. Thank you so much. And uh, that's all I've got. Uh, this has been Tony Brew and Aaron Dotson with our special guest, Preston Silcox. Oh, let me grab this real quick. Is Avalon where Jonathan Jenkins was at? No. Um, there, there's a... That is an Avalon. That's in Georgia, isn't it? I don't know where that was, but but what we're talking about is not where Jonathan Jenkins was. Uh, but the, 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 the name Avalon is shared. Yeah. Uh, uh, Eric Owens was... That was in was Atlanta. There. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about places in Florida. 
Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted I wanted to get that quick to clear it up. All right, or not to clear it up, but uh, I was not happy with the words I chose. I don't know how else to say it though. I wanted to answer that question to be clear. Um, all right. Well, folks, God bless you. You can find the um, uh, oh. 5613 CYAN, Cinemid Road, Milton, Florida, 32853. Awesome. Well, folks, this has been Tony Brew and Aaron Dotson with Christianity Now, special guest Preston Silcox. That's all we've got for you. Be sure and like, subscribe, and share. And Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. You can find us on Cogitations there. God bless, and we will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>